This program has been made by the friends and partners of Jennifer LeClaire Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's teaching. Jesus said, all men will know that you are my disciples by your accurate prophetic words. That's not what it says. That is not, listen, we don't need more prophecy in the church. We need more love in the church. Amen. Jesus said, all men will know that you're my disciples, not because of your deliverance ministry, not because of your preaching skills, not because of your TV shows, but because you love him and love other people. Jesus said, love, he said, all the commandments are summed up in these two lines. Love the Lord your God with all of your mind, all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. was a man of God, and I, I can't remember his name. I'm going to re- reference it here. His name is Carl Barth. Carl Barth. And he was arguably one of the greatest theologians of the 21st century. And toward the end of his life, he did a tour through some of America's top universities. He was renowned. As a matter of fact, he wrote a whole series, like 120 volumes of theological books that a lot of pastors from the old days have in their library. That's how influential he was back in the day. And he was traveling around, and he was speaking to students. And one of the college students asked, they said, you know, you've written all these books. He goes, it's almost mind-boggling. He said, can you boil down? your theology and what we should believe like in one or two lines and the man of God just went quiet the whole room went quiet and some of the elders that were there were like how dare this kid I mean here's one of the greatest theologians in all the world you want to ask him to sum up his message in two lines they were offended that this young man had asked such a thing but the but Carl Barth was not offended He was actually thrilled, and he pondered this. And he pondered it for so long that it actually kind of got awkward because nobody knew, you know, is this guy going to answer? Is he going to rebuke the kid? Like, what's going on? And finally, Karl Barth answered. He said this, I can sum up all of the theology, everything you need to know in in this one sentence. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know is that God loves you. God is love and he loves you. Somebody tell your neighbor, he loves you. 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 And he wants you to love him. And he wants you to express his love to other people. See, God is love. Love saved you. Love found you when you were in that pit and rescued you. Amen. Love leads you. Love guides you. Love helps you. Love continues to do for you. God is love. And he wants us to express that love to the world. He wants us to pour that love out to people who don't know him. He wants us to be marked by by love. He wants us to go around as living epistles read of all men. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, all men will know that you are my disciples by your accurate prophetic words. That's not what it says. That is not, listen, we don't need more prophecy in the church. We need more love in the church. Amen. Jesus said, all men will know that you're my disciples, not because of your deliverance ministry, not because of your preaching skills, not because of your TV shows, but because you love him and love other people. Jesus said, love, he said, all the commandments are summed up in these two lines. Love the Lord your God with all of your mind, all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
God loves you. And we need to begin to walk in the power of love because love is the greatest power in the whole world. Amen. Love is great. Lord, would you help us today to get it, to get it through our heads that nothing else matters but love. That's all it's about. It's all it's ever been about. It's all it will ever be about. We need more love in the world. If we had more love, we'd have fewer wars. We wouldn't have all these rapes. We wouldn't have all these stabbings. We wouldn't have all these murders. Lord, reduce us to love. Lord, cause us to be walking, talking love in the name of Jesus. Help us today to hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. You can, you can, you can speak in tongues all day long. If you don't love, so what? What does it matter? He said, although I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, it means you deep. You deep, you preach deep. You understand all the mysteries, but you ain't got no love. Nobody wants to hear it. Listen, we need to begin to understand that if we have all faith that we could move mountains and we have not love, we are nothing. And though we bestow all our goods to feed the poor and give your body to be burned, but have not love, it profits nothing. There's no greater aim for a Christian believer than to cultivate the fruit of love. It has to be our chief aim. If you spent your whole life just going and pursuing, cultivating love, walking in love, bearing the fruit of love, that would be enough. You wouldn't have to worry about all these laws, all the religious duties. It all boils down to love, Jesus. Scripture says three things last forever. Faith, hope, and love. But it says the greatest of these is love. There are nine fruits of the Spirit, but most of the, the most powerful fruit is love. And have you ever wondered why? You ever wondered why? Well, here's the thing. Love has fruit of its own. Love has, have you ever noticed how love has its own set of fruits? So love isn't just a fruit, but love has this whole basket of fruits that it brings with it. And, and love, by the way, is mentioned first. In the nine fruits of the spirit. It's God, listen, God is intentional. God is not a random God. Every word he breathed out of his mouth, every word he inspired holy men of God to pen came, that came from his heart, it was purposeful. Love comes first. Tell your neighbor, love comes first. Love comes first. And it brings this whole basket of fruit with it. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but love rejoices wherever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful. Love endures through every circumstance. Love never fails. It never fails. You can never lose when you walk in love. You can never lose when you stand on love. You can't lose. You can't fail. You know the scripture that says a soft answer turns away wrath? I tried that the other day. I wanted to release the thunder. I mean, my flesh was like... Y'all got flesh too. I've seen some of it. 
Your flesh has a voice. Your flesh says, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Your flesh says, that's the last time they're going to do that to me. Your flesh says, give it back. And in meanwhile, my spirit man was saying, does the Holy Spirit ever do that to you? Remind you of scripture? The still small voice. The still small voice. And the, the Holy Spirit's quoting scripture to me. He said, a soft answer turns away wrath. <laughs> and sometimes if we move it, we'll act like we're hard of hearing. I wanted to bring the thunder, but I put the word to the test. I put love to the test and I gave a soft answer. And you know, that person began to repent. I'm so sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. I must've lost my mind. I'm thinking, yeah, you must have. I said, that's all right. I said, it's okay. I love you with the love of the Lord. Amen. Love never fails. Can we be real in church? Are you living in the spirit? Living in the Spirit is more than moving in signs, wonders, and miracles. Living in the Spirit is being empowered by the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is receiving guidance from the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is keeping in step with the Spirit, and so much more. So how do you live in the Spirit? In my new series, I'll teach you how to live a life that attracts the presence of God, positions you for promotion, brings breakthrough blessings, and so much more. Check out my new series, Living in the Spirit, at schoolofthespirit.tv. Watch online at schoolofthespirit.tv slash living. Hey guys, did you know I'm in South Florida at Awakening House of Prayer every Sunday, preaching, praying, prophesying, and casting out devils? Our heart is to equip you to live a supernatural breakthrough lifestyle. You'll discover that Christ is exalted and the Holy Spirit moves in every single service. Now you've got two different opportunities to encounter God and his word through prophetic worship and relevant messages every week. Give me a year of your life. Apply the word that I teach and watch what God does. Two services, 1047 a.m. That's a practical teaching with a prophetic edge. 1.30 p.m., that is School of the Spirit at Ahop for going into the deep things of God. Most weeks, we've got a 4 p.m. straight up teaching, no worship on that 4 p.m. service, but we're going deep, equipping our community for works of service, signs, wonders, miracles, prophesying, casting out devils. Listen, we're looking to raise up an army in our region. And if you're not in the region, jump on over to ahop.online. You'll find our morning service streaming over there. Become a web church member, go deeper, ahop.online slash webchurch. We'll see you there. Love never fails. It has fruit of its own. Barnes notes of the Bible says love is the greatest. Listen, not because it is to endure the longest, but because it is the more important virtue. It exerts a wider influence. It is, it is more necessary to the happiness of society. It overcomes more evils. It is the great principle which is to bind the universe in harmony, which God unites to his creatures. I mean, love is the greatest. What the world needs now is love. Don't make me break out and start singing. <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all young people are like, what? Is that a song? It's a song. Go Google it. Love is the greatest power of all because God is love. And whenever you demonstrate love, man, whew, the spirit of God just floods in. 
And you know, the worship team is so in tune. They had no idea that I was teaching on love. I don't tell them. I say, go ask the Holy Ghost. Amen. Go ask him what to sing. I want them to be led by the Lord. I don't want them to be led by, put in a box by what I'm teaching, what I'm preaching. Amen. And they were singing about how God loves us and how we love him. God is love. Meditate on that a while. He, he can't do anything but love. And his spirit of love is on the inside of us. That means we can love people who are mean to us. Amen. Sometimes I'm driving, you know, and, and I, listen, I, I, I'm trying to break that speed demon off my life. I'm getting delivered. <laughs> and every time I, I try to get that, get delivered from that speed demon, you know, I'll slow down. And then, you know, and I'm just waving at people. Hi, you know, <laughs> hello. You know, trying to demonstrate love. And you know, somebody waved one finger at me. <laughs> I wasn't sure what it meant. So I just started praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to get delivered of that speed demon. I'm trying to love. I'm trying to respond instead of react. That's why scripture says, be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to anger, because love is not easily provoked. Married couples, love is not easily provoked. Husbands and wives, Love is not easily provoked. Love never fails. <laughs> Amen. Love never fails. There's this mother, and she kept a candle burning in the window every night for 10 years. And one night, very, very late, this old, this, this poor-looking, wretched woman, woman came in from the street, and the mother said, well, you know, why don't you sit down from the fire? You know, sit down by the fire with me. Just sit down by the fire. And the stranger said, why do you keep a light in your window? Like, what's going on with that? And the mother replied, the light is for my wayward daughter. She left home 10 years ago. And I'm praying for her to return. She said, I have kept a light in the window for 10 years. She said, often others blame me because they say I'm worrying about her. She said, but you see, I love her. I'm her mother. Often in the night, I open the door and look out into the darkness and cry, Lizzie, Lizzie. Imagine the pain of a mother's heart with a prodigal child. And the woman from the street Suddenly, she began to weep. She was touched. I'm touched when I read this story. And she, the, she, the mother looked closely at the girl, and she said, well, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're cold. You're, you're beat down. You're battered. I'm sure you have a lot more trouble than me. You know, you know, please don't let my story upset you. And then the mother began to look really close at the woman, and she said, can it be? She said, you are my Lizzie, my lost child. You were gone, and now you came home again. Love never fails. Love never fails. Never give up on that wayward child. Never get up on that wayward spouse. Never give up. Amen. God never gave up on us. Can you imagine? God never gave up on you. I know you are a mess. Amen. God never gave up on me. Amen. God never gives up on us. He never gives up on us. Aren't you glad? I was dying and going to hell, but God interrupted my steps and he reached down and he saved me. Why? Because love saves. Love never fails. God is so good. And God is so good. God is so good. Listen to this, that he actually attaches a whole bunch of benefits to walking in love, to manifesting love. Listen, here's the thing. God commands us to walk in love. Why? Because it's good for us. 
Everything he tells us to do is good for us. Amen. It's good for us. I want you to see this here. It's a domino effect. God commands us to walk in love with one another. Ephesians 5, 2. And walk in love. It's about as plain as I can make it. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. God commands us to love. You know, Scripture says, how can we say that we love God who we haven't seen when we can't love our brother who we have seen? We can put a barometer on our love walk to the degree that we love other people is the degree that we love God. Come on now, don't tell me you love Jesus and worshiping and crying and bawling and squalling on your face, crying out, and then you want to be nasty to somebody in the Burger King after church. There's two problems with that. Number one, you shouldn't be nasty to people. Number two, you shouldn't go to Burger King. Amen. <laughs> now Burger King will want to sponsor me. Watch. <laughs> Just like Gucci reached out with an email, wanted to sponsor me. Burger King, I'm not for sale. When we, <laughs> when we walk in love, when we manifest and cultivate and t- intentionally work on manifesting love, we attract the blessing of God in our life. Come on, how many want to be blessed? Well, you are blessed, but however blessed you are now, you can be more blessed. Listen, if you don't want your blessings, I will take them. Amen? Just hand them right over because I'm a spiritual hog. I'll take everything. Listen, I want everything Jesus died to give me. And guess what? He wants you to have everything he died to give you. You are not supposed to live below your means, but there are certain things that we activate through obedience. We're just generally blessed. We're blessed. Listen, if God never did one more thing for you, you're blessed, right? Right? Because you're going to heaven. You're going to be with him forever. But he does offer blessings. Look at this. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 2. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey. How are we supposed to obey? Not half-heartedly, diligently, thoroughly. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God... To observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today. And remember, our our commandments are to love God and love one another. He boiled down all the law. By the time Jesus came, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had created like 7,000 different laws, rules, protocols. And Jesus came in and he went, nope, here's two. Adam and Eve had one. Don't eat of that tree. We've got two. Well, they messed it up. We messed it up too, though. Listen, if it wasn't Adam and Eve, it would have been Joy and David. It would have been somebody else came along. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's some people in here, and the Lord put it to me this way. You're suffering from betrayal trauma. And I've never heard that term before. And we're in a place right now where the healing balm of Gilead is flowing. It's flowing. It's flowing right from heaven 
And if that's you, if you're suffering from betrayal trauma, what is that? It means you've been traumatized by the knife in your back. You've been traumatized by the abandonment. You've been traumatized. If that's you, I want you to come up here because the Lord wants to break that off of you. He wants to break it off of you because it wasn't his will for it to come upon you. Betrayal trauma. Someone lied behind your back. They did you dirty. They brought harm to your soul. Betrayal trauma. God's power is here to heal. He doesn't just heal bodies. He heals souls. He restores the wounded heart. He'll give you beauty for ashes. And Jesus understands. Because he was betrayed. But he didn't get bitter. He was betrayed. But he didn't let it get in his heart. God wants to heal your heart. I see that, Lord. Father, we thank you today. That you understand the pain. And you came to take it away. (laughs) You don't just understand it. We have a high priest who understands. That's a wonderful thing. But it's not enough for you to understand it, God. We want you to take it away. We don't want to carry this pain anymore. We don't want to carry this trauma anymore. So we choose not to. We choose to give it to you. We choose to lay it at your feet. We choose to let it go. It doesn't belong to us. It is not our identity. We are not traumatized. We are triumphant. No longer will we identify with the past pain, but we will identify with the present king. He is a very present help in time of need, and God, we are in need. Betrayal grief, betrayal trauma, betrayal pain. Lord, do a clean sweep today. Lord, do what only you can do. The new age gurus, the self-help gurus, there's no guru that can help us. We need God Almighty to come in and heal this pain, God. Take it out of us. Take it out. But don't just take the pain away, God. Don't just take the trauma away, God. Don't just take the sting away, God. Fill us up. Fill us with your love so that we can pray for our enemies, so that we can sincerely pray for those who abused us, who accused us, who tormented us, who traumatized us, and they knew exactly what they were doing. They did it on purpose. It was premeditated, but we choose to forgive. We choose to let it go. We choose to let it go. We choose to let it go. If you're up here at this altar right now, I want you to say, I let it go. I give it to you, God. I don't want it anymore. I don't want it anymore. Father, cleanse us from all the residue. Lord, help us when we remember the thing, not to grieve over the thing anymore. Just like you told Samuel, how long will you grieve for Saul? Just like you confronted David because he kept grieving for Absalom. Or would you help us to stop looking back, remembering the pain that you died to set us free from? And I speak to that betrayal trauma. 
and I command it to loose you in the name of Jesus. I command it to come out of you in the name of Jesus. I say go, loose, 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 loose in Jesus' name. Loose, 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 loose in Jesus' name. Loose, loose, loose. And the Lord would say to you, I have set you apart for myself. And that is why you have faced rejection after rejection after rejection. Because the Lord says it was not rejection, my daughter. It was protection. They were not the ones that I called you to walk with. They were not the ones that I called you to run with. They were not the ones. I am sending the right ones, but I had to allow the wrong ones to be removed from your life. For I have called you, and it's a high call. And the way you worship me, it touches my heart. And I will even put a new song in your mouth, says the Lord. No longer will you sing songs of pain and grief. You will sing songs of joy and victory. I am putting a new song in your mouth, says the Lord. And you will sing it over others who have suffered like you've suffered. I will use you to comfort others with the comfort with which I have comforted you through the trial, through the fire. I am with you. I have a promotion in mind for you, a restoration in mind for you. Let me do a deep work in your heart, says the Lord, and you will come to see that it will be worth it. I know it hurts my daughter, but it will be worth it. It is not I who bring the pain, but I am with you in the pain. The enemy of your soul wants to take you out and take you down, but I am lifting you up. I am holding you up, says the Lord. I command all this betrayal trauma to lose her in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. At Jennifer LeClaire Ministries, our heart is to sow into the lives of people who may never otherwise hear the gospel of Christ or break out of bondage. Although we've traveled to dozens of nations in strategic missions to evangelize and equip believers, there's more work to do than we can possibly get done by ourselves. That's why JLM is partnering with ministries around the world to help them do what they do best. We're partnering with ministries in India that are transforming the lives of people with leprosy. Ministries in Africa that are bringing clean water to the masses. Global ministries taking the hope of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Messiah-centered ministries in Israel that are doing the work of Christ in the Middle East. Ministries that provide a hand of hope to hurting people in America's inner cities and the nations. When you sow into JLM, you are sowing into the work of God in the nations. Together, we're better. Will you partner with us to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to feed hungry people, to bring hope to the addicted, and more? You can sow a seed today at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. Thank you for your partnership.
In 2007, the Holy Spirit woke me up in the middle of the night and told me he would bring a third great awakening to the nation. I believe we're going to see the greatest great awakening in the history of the world and it will spill over into the nations of the earth for the glory of God. I believe we'll see a movement greater than all previous moves that God put together. And I know it's predicated on prayer. The Awakening Prayer Hub's mission in any city is to draw a diverse group of intercessors who have one thing in common, to contend for the Lord's will in its city, state, and nation. Bishop Bill Hammond, Lou Engel, Cindy Jacobs, Mike Bickle, James Gall, Alveda King, and many others are standing with us. Will you start a hub or find a hub in your city at awakeningprayerhubs.com?